Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, the seating arraignment. Chris brings the case against his sister-in-law, Jenna. For many years, their extended family has had both kids' and adults' tables at holiday gatherings. Chris thinks that since the kids are now all grown up, they should abandon the kids' table. Jenna thinks the table should retain its sovereignty. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Behold, a dream came to me in the night, and the Lord did shew all this to me. And in my dream the Lord was a shadow that walked behind the rose, and he spoke to me in the words he used to our older brothers years ago. He is much displeased with this sacrifice. And the Lord did say, Have I not given you a table for children that you might sacrifice there? And have I not shewn you favor? But this man has made a blasphemy within me, and I have completed this sacrifice myself, like the blue man and the false minister who escaped many years ago. So now is the age of favor lowered from nineteen plantings and harvestings to eighteen. Yet be fruitful and multiply as the corn multiplies, that my favor may be shewn you and upon you. Bailiff Jesse, swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that at family gatherings he sits alone at the iron table? I do. Yes. Very well, Judge Hodgman. You may be seated. Uh, Chris and Jenna... For an immediate summary judgment in your favor, can either of you name the piece of culture that I paraphrased as I entered the court? I'm afraid not. That was from the book of Genesis. That is an incorrect. It is from the Stephen King short story, Children of the Corn. I was going to say that. Were you? <laughs> yes. Why didn't really? you say it? Yes, I was. Why didn't you well, say because it? Because I, 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 I thought it was too obvious with the corn reference. I said, no, it can't be that. It's got to be from the Bible. Uh, well, Jen, Jenna, you should, yeah. be gl- you should be glad that he didn't choose because otherwise I would have found him immediately I'm, I'm in his favor. And you never would have sat I, at the I'm kid's table relieved. again. <laughs> <laughs> so why, Jenna, first of all, let me understand this exactly. You, you two, what, what relationship do you have with each other? Uh, Chris is married to my sister. Okay. So uh, your brother-in-law, Jenna, how old are you? I am 33. All right. And you at family gatherings still sit at what is called the kids table. Is that correct? Well, if, if we have the option, the members of my family that are in my generation, if we have the option to sit together, we generally do, but often it is kind of divided. Uh, The kids table is not just about where we sit. Whoa, this is getting deep, Jenna. <laughs> let, deep let, indeed. Before before we get into the metaphysics of this, let me let me clarify. So as you were growing up, you, like all monstrous children, were isolated from adults so that they yes. could enjoy their wine spirits and sexy talk. Uh something like that. Mm-hmm. And you and so that you could go and sit and talk about Star Wars. Isn't that right? Uh, roughly, roughly, yes. I would just say I would just answer yes, and and yes. as you have grown, the 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 then children who sat at this kids' table still prefer their own company 
rather than the company of the rather than the company of the hated elders whom they would prefer to sacrifice to the god that walks behind the rose in the corn. Well, I would certainly not use those words. We enjoy each other's company very much, mm -hmm. and so we do generally like to sit to, together. And we don't live in the same area anymore, so it's kind of a time to catch up. But actually, the kids' table now, as it stands, is more just the actual group of individuals, mm -hmm. and whether or not there's a table. So we, the kids' table is more of an idea at this point. You know, we'll get together out of town and talk well, this about is, it as a kids table gathering. This is not a court of ideas. This is a court mm -hmm. of concrete things. Like This is concrete though. Like tables and poured concrete counters. <laughs> but, but it is concrete because if if the kids table is done away with, that means we lose the family tradition and the right to refer to ourselves as the kids table. We lose that uh, cohesive force in our And family. this is and this is what Chris wants. Chris wants to get rid of the kids' table. Is that correct, Chris? Uh, yes, I would like to uh, get rid of the... Well, no. I would like to establish <clears throat> definitions for who is a child and who is not. Once that definition is established, if you're not a child, you don't sit at a kids' table. At the physical kid, and I'm talking about physical kids' table here, um, if the group wants to call themselves kids' table when we're not sitting at dinner, that's fine. But... When it comes to actually sitting and going through the ritual of family dinners, I'm pro-integration and Jenna is a separate but equal sort of person. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, who who are you? I mean, you're you're not you're not of this family. You are. How long have you been married to Jenna's sister? We've been together for uh, 10 years and married for five. OK. And uh, so you're you're a Chris come lately to this whole family tradition. I mean, what what, what rights what rights do you have to, to to meddle in this? You're not of blood. You are you are you are of of marriage at best. Indeed, when it comes to the kids table, you are essentially a concubine. You are a, you are a you are a presence <laughs> that is that is that is perhaps delighted in, but you have no legal rights. Um, I, I would point to the past history of the past 10 years, any, uh, kids table, it seems like there's basically, um, de facto citizenship. If you're and Jenna's shaking her head, agreeing with me, if you are coming with one of the original, you know, Knute, uh, Knutson Jensen family members, um, you're their other than you are part of the family. You are a citizen of the kids. So, table. but you sit at the kids table. If there is a kids table, do you sit at it? I have so far sat at the kids table. Yes. And is Kids' Table a democracy, Jenna? Uh, more or less, yes. We generally uh, do things by majority uh, of Kids' Table members. So Chris is a full-fledged member just like everybody else, but the issue is that he's just one. I don't approve uh, of I that not... at all. <laughs> We're very inclusive, actually. What sort of – well, I know, but, you know, what's happening is that in the, the idea of Kids' Table is now so inclusive as to, to risk becoming meaningless – First of all, you're all adults. That's my point entirely, sir. Well, what is your I point? Mean, Why is this a problem for you, Chris? What Describe well, a specific okay. instance where you were seated at the kids' table. I'm presuming that it's a full-size table. You're not sitting at a child-size table, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. All no. right. So what's your, what's your beef? <clears throat> Why? I understand you, you have a natural desire to, to come into a situation and put down a lot of rules and bureaucracy because that might be your passion in life. Or are you an attorney? Or are you a, a what, is, what is your profession? I'm not an attorney. I'm a co-owner of a medical clinic. Okay, I understand. So you like procedures. 
Sure. I do like procedure. That <laughs> right. is true. I, all right. So, but, but beyond just your natural mania for procedure what, and, and, uh, and bureaucracy, what, uh, what is the reasoning behind your desire to change a family tradition? Okay. So um, the one, I will point to one other mania. There's, there's two, two reasons. The one no, I don't want you to point to another mania. I want you to answer. I want you to answer my question. <laughs> I right. tell, I'll tell it's, you something right now. I know that it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a non-answer to the question. Whenever I ask a question and someone goes, okay, because that means you're consulting your notes. I don't want you to consult your notes. I want you to answer the question. Why are you upset about this? I think it's mean. I think it's mean spirited. I think that the the kids table as an institution as it is currently run is broken and needs to it needs to be demolished. And I think it also robs the family of evolving past the um past whatever state it was in when all of these children were actual children and teenagers. I think that we are missing out on uh the ability to have intergenerational um all right, uh, I'm, I'm going to stop. Happiness you. I'm going to stop at, you there because I originally thought I originally thought that the dystopia <clears throat> we were dealing with here was a children of the corn type dystopia, a kind of a kind of tyranny of children or adult children who are unwilling to <laughs> acknowledge that they've grown up and hate their elders so much that they want to be apart from them at all times. But now I realize it's mm-hmm. a completely different dystopia. This is like Aldous Huxley, like you are a social planner who wants to come in. <laughs> And say, this family is all wrong. I'm going to reorganize this entire family so that it can evolve to a greater good. All you have to do is submit to my will. Yeah, I know. I know you, Chris. You're the man. You, you uh, co- um, own a medical clinic. You and Obama want to come in and tell me how to live my life. <laughs> yeah. So let's, I, uh, let's get I, rid I, of that dystopia <laughs> stuff for a moment because that's cuckoo. That's the mania that you're trying to point to. Let's focus on let's focus from, on point from, one, the one honest adults. thing you've told me. I will have order. <laughs> when I am speaking, you do not speak. So the one thing that I really understood from what you were saying is I think it is mean. What does yes, how is to whom is it mean? On multiple occasions at the family dinners, um, the uh, various adults will try to come in. Well, they're all adults. Say, they're, hey, all adults. Okay. they're all adults. They're all adults. <laughs> let's refer. Right, so let's refer. Old, let's the, re- yeah, let's refer to them as, as the olds. Okay. So, so at, at at various times, the olds will try to come in. We'll try to sit. The olds will suggest once in a while, "Hey, let's all sit together." And there's a resounding no. And it's all good, lighthearted fun. But I could see on some people's faces that actually, you know, I really actually would like to sit with the kids, and I really would like to spend this dinner time with them. But they have a very polite family that doesn't always, you know, say, "Hey, no, I want this thing." Whose feelings do you think are being hurt the most? Nancy. Who is Nancy? <clears throat> uh, Jenna's aunt. Okay. And I believe that you submitted some evidence of uh, a, a, an affidavit of a, com- uh, a transcript of a, a... Apparently you deposed Nancy about her feelings on this and you have a, a signed uh, deposition. I do. All right. Let's, let's hear a little bit of what Nancy has to say. First of all, Jenna, do you, do you okay. agree or disagree... And... Excuse me. Do you agree or disagree that that you and your siblings and the other adults who sit at the kid table are mean to the olds. I disagree strongly. In fact, some of the olds have expressed uh, pleasure at overhearing our conversation because we're so much fun. Our, our silliness kind of spills over to the, 
the side of the olds. What's a, what, what's the kind of fun uh, stuff that you guys talk about? Comic books and trading oh, cards? Know, toys? Fart jokes. Uh, overall silliness. Um, I don't even know. It's kind of kid stuff, you know? You, you wouldn't know unless you're a kid. All right. I want you to think very, very carefully about a specific fart joke or other silly thing that happened that you can describe as Chris now presents his evidence, this deposition of, of Aunt Nancy. All right. Okay. So uh, this is a, it's a little, it's a conversation. There's two or three interchanges. Should I, should I just read that? Yes. Well, let's, let's, so okay. exhibit B, phone depositions conducted by counsel. <laughs> uh, two adults, Jenna's mom, two of the olds, Jenna's mom, Beth, and Aunt Nancy. All right. Beth says right. first, B1. Um, adults have always wanted to sit close to the kids' table. That's from Beth. Because they have more interesting conversation. All right. Shut up, mom. Next. <laughs> All right. I, there, there's one that I think really gets to the mean point, which okay. is not in the version that you have here. Okay. Oh, are you introducing yeah. new evidence? Uh, the rules of evidence were unclear. This is highly <laughs> irregular. Would you please hand the evidence to bailiff Jesse Thorne? Yes. Uh, here you go, sir. Thank you. And will you, Jesse, will you please hand it back to Chris so that he can read it? I will. All right. I, look, I believe in procedures. I want us all to evolve out of our obviously difficult relationship that started into a new, <laughs> better relationship. So this is the procedure that I have chosen. Chris, please present the new evidence. Okay, here we go. Nancy said, you weren't around for this, but we used to place cards at the tables, and it was always a matter of negotiation between the adults on what seating was fair. We had to place cards to create an even balance of how much someone got to sit and spend time next to the kids' table. There were, in effect, border skirmishes for who got premium seating. Me. So, it was a pretty big deal if you got to sit right next to the kids' table? Oh, yeah. If you got that, you scored. That was a big deal. But if you were lucky to be close enough, you had to not cause trouble because the adult on the other side would get angry if you were hogging the conversation or being too boring. Oh, really? You mean you actually have a code of behavior when in presence of kids? Oh, yeah, because if you would say boring things or go on too long, the kids would start turning their back on you to talk amongst themselves, and you'd be left jumping up and down behind them like in a schoolyard when you're the last person picked, and you're trying to say, what about me? What about me? I have opinions, too. I want to say something about that. So it is to this day. Jenna, it sounds like you guys are all a bunch of queen bees. And you're and you've and you've turned and you've turned your own aunt and presumably mother and other olds in your family into the into the nerds that you just ignore. <laughs> I would disagree. Um in part because we don't always stick to the kids' table. I would say that we have made sacrifices in the past at family gatherings for the common good. When they put down name cards, for example, and try to disperse our ranks, we will we will accommodate them for the the greater good of the family. And the you know it's not it's not a rigid thing. But let me um, let me understand. Mm -hmm. I understand the kids' table is a, is a concept, not a table. But when when Nancy is talking about being seated next to kids' table. Does that mean that um, you and 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 the and the various relatives? About how many are in this group of the kids' table group? Uh, there are eight of us. Eight, 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 including including mm -hmm. spouses and concubines like Chris. Yes, it's the four original uh -huh. members and their partners. Okay, all right, and uh, and so uh, and how many how many olds are there? Do dozens, <sighs> right? Old, so many see. olds. Not no, actually, uh, less than us. Now we have maybe seven. 
Yeah, well, eventually, this is how it's going to go, you understand? Eventually, you, <laughs> this is a war of attrition. You will conquer. <laughs> And, yeah, and then one day, and then one day, you'll all be sitting there, looking at each other, telling your fart jokes, and realize you're the only ones left. <laughs> and you're going to be sad that you didn't that's get right. to sit next to Aunt Nancy. <laughs> no, I would say when I think about us being all old and still referring to ourselves as the kids' table, it makes me very happy. <laughs> yeah, no, you're pretty pleased with yourself now because you are all old. <laughs> Uh, the thing is, we're not going by a conventional definition of children. But but here's the thing. I know, I know. Everything's an idea. I get it. There are, there are no rules anymore. Suddenly, I'm on Chris's side. <laughs> but <laughs> when she talks about being seated next to the kids' table, is it that you guys all occupy one end of a table? Or is there a separate table? What does it mean to sit next to kids' table? It to depends on whose house the gathering is at. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's its own table. Sometimes it's one end of a table. Christmas, mm -hmm. it's generally all one long table. At Fourth of July, for instance, at a different house, there's two separate round tables. Okay, so so sometimes it's all sorry, right? Okay, so the, and then there's a sort of a, especially when it's all one table, there's sort of a demilitarized zone between the kids and the exactly. olds. That is correct. Yeah. That is not correct. <laughs> that is how Nancy described it to me. Nancy um, described it to you as a demilitarized zone. She she described it to me as as a border where she was expecting that we would one day fill up the border with babies in order to be further and further and further away from the olds. Nancy was anticipating uh, future militaristic baby actions. Do you have like one? Do you and in the in this in the demilitarized zone? Do you have a, a North Korean soldier and a South Korean soldier just stand there the whole time, just staring at each other? <laughs> So this, this is so outside of the realm of the way I see things. I just I couldn't even respond. I see it as a very fun, inclusive tradition. Well, here's the th but here, no, 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 no. It may be fun. It's certainly a tradition, but it is the definition of exclusive. Well, except that the, we're flexible. It is, it is, there have been some. <sighs> sure. Every now and then you have a mixer. Uh, every now and then you invite yeah. the other camp over. Yeah. Right. For a summit. Yeah, yeah. Kind but, of. Or sometimes but, if we have to, um, for example, we have I have in-laws who don't speak English, so if they need uh, interpreting during the meal, we'll kind of, we'll sit by them on the adult side. You know, we're... If you're, if you're asking to me to applaud you for basic human decency... <laughs> well, I'm just saying... Like, it, it does, that's well, I do, have, I do have the option of not helping so them mean. at all and leaving, <laughs> leaving them alone in total confusion the entire time, but I don't, so... <laughs> they do usually make them sit at the foreigner's table. <laughs> yeah, do you have do you by the way, do you have separate like water fountains in the house too? Kids only? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh -huh. I see. Your uh, honor, if I may. Fine, I'll allow it. <laughs> since I if can't I seem to stop you anyway. If I may submit one more piece of evidence that speaks to Jenna's contention that everyone can hear what's going on and so there's no problem because everyone is so happy. It's another one from Nancy, a very quick one that speaks to this, this issue right. of, oh, everyone hears it, so it's fine. I, I, will allow, I will allow you to read Nancy. This is Jenna's mother. This is aunt. your mother-in-law. Oh, no, excuse me. Jenna's aunt. aunt. Right, excuse me. This is your, all right, this is Jenna's aunt and your aunt-in-law. And I'm gonna. I'm sticking with the definition. Of, I, I'm. I'm sticking with my pronunciation of aunt as aunt today. I go back and forth because I grew up in Massachusetts, and I'm gonna stick. I'm sticking with aunt. Judge Hodgman, point of order. 
I believe that uh, the litigant needs to hand them to me, then I need to hand them back to him. Oh, yes, ab- absolutely. Here you go, bailiff Justin. Thank you. Here you go, litigant. If I may, Your Honor. I will allow it under one condition, which is that you really play up the sorrow. Okay? Okay. Really make this pitiful. She's a small person, very, very small. Mm-hmm. We're all I love the I love the word of, picture you're painting. We're all getting hard of hearing. No, seriously. That's a real problem for Dan and me anyway. You can't hear a conversation more than one person away. So when you're farther away, you can't even hear the giggles and the laughter anymore. You're so close, yet so far away. That is all. Okay, first of all, that was almost offensive, but I loved it. <laughs> how can you how can you sit how can you sit there and coldly giggle, Jenna, when your own <laughs> well, Aunt Nancy is sad that she well, doesn't get to see the young people in her in her life and you have a child now is that also an issue this is true what style of child do you have what style of child oh the male the male style uh okay and uh and where and and how old is this child five months uh five months old so where is this child sitting Mm -hmm. in a in a a presumably a height well in your arms i guess well, yeah, so far there's only been one family event, and he was just kind of passed around, which I imagine will be the case for probably the next couple of years, just pass right. from one person to another since everybody wants to hold him. Right, until he gets some autonomy, and then you can you can withhold him from your older relatives. And not, <laughs> he, and not he allow... He, he can do what he wants, oh, I see. He will can he sit s- where he wants. Will yeah. he sit at the kids' table, or will he sit at a separate kids' kids' table? Well, I, there probably won't be a separate baby's table, is what I'm guessing it will be called, uh, until there are more members of his generation, which remains to be seen. He might just spend his whole life just kind of going back and forth from kids to adults, whoever wants to hang out with him. I don't know. And you presented some evidence as well, is that not right? Yes, I did. What is what is the nature <clears throat> of your evidence? Are you in, are you introducing any new evidence, or are you are you gonna, or just the stuff that you sent me already? I could if you want me to, but uh, I could just. Talk about what I sent in. Please. She's got as much evidence as you need. You want more evidence, she's got it. Yeah, you want me to cite something, I can cite it. All right, cool. <laughs> Just let me know. What is your profession? Uh, I'm a medical interpreter. You're a medical interpreter. All right. I'm a medical interpreter. So, yes, context uh, really does determine the meaning. It's not just a, a fuzzy idea. It really is a concrete reality. So if I have a... If I ha- if I have a, a if I have a foreign disease, then I come to you to find out what I have? No, you should probably go to your doctor. But if you speak a different language than your doctor, then you'll want an interpreter present so that you can communicate with your doctor. Because I have a terrible case of mal disembarquement. Can you help me out, doc? Oh, sorry. I have no medical background. You don't want my, my advice. Right. Very well. So what is the evidence that you're presenting? Um, so let's see. I, I presented a couple of different things. One just being... Um, an email from 2006. It was an exchange between me and my cousin Danny in which I was speculating that uh, in the future, if our generation starts reproducing, then that future generation will have to refer to themselves as babies, perhaps, or pick something different since we will continue to be the kids' table. But where will this end? If you're still the kids, then those babies are going to still be babies till they're 33? 
Oh, if they want to be. I mean, they can call themselves whatever they want. You know, because part of my argument uh, is that groups should be able right. to I guess that's right. I guess you're themselves. right. If anyone should know that words have no meaning, it would be a medical interpreter. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of meaning. It's just contextual. A kid. I'm not sure what this evidence is supposed my to. My generation. I'm not sure what the this evidence is supposed to convince me of. Just that within our group, uh, this is how we're choosing to define ourselves, and we always have. Me having a baby, which is what kind of initiated this whole uh, proceeding, doesn't really have anything to do with it, and our age doesn't either. Because, for example, in another email that I think is from 2008, my sister and I were talking about how won't it be fun when we're old, uh, we'll still be the kids' table. There was definitely that expectation that it has nothing to do with age. It's just a family tradition. It's what we call ourselves. Um, it's a fun way to refer to family members of our generation. Why do you hate your olds so much that you don't want to be near them? What what is what's going on at their table that <laughs> that is so loathsome? Well, this is a complete misperception. Uh, I would never use any of those words. I that's like why, but that's lot. why that's we why I'm fun. here. <laughs> well, that's that's what Chris says. Um, but we have a lot of fun with them as well. It's just that. Uh, I have a specific um, email from Danny saying exactly what he doesn't like about the the olds table. This is evidence. This is new evidence, or is this Exhibit A? I believe you have Exhibit A. Yes, right. that's correct. I, I would like. I would. I would like. Is Jenna sitting next to you? And does she? Do, can you pass Exhibit yeah. A to her? Yes. Okay. I, first. Done. First. No. No. Wait. Excuse me. Please pass it oh. to Jesse. And then it's just chain of evidence. And then and then Jesse pass it to Jenna. And I'd like Jenna to read this email from the kids' table. Thank you. Which part am I reading? This uh, right here, keepers. All right, <clears throat> keepers of the sacred childish way. Long ago, boundaries were established, oh separating those who were determined to discuss the duller points of mortgage rates and politics from those young revolutionaries who actively debated the sophisticated sounds and odors of farts and other bodily noises. The table of cleared throats and awkward pauses, seeking new recruits, has tried for years to dissolve the parliament of the kids' table. Child Jenna has actively led the charge to preserve our autonomy, and for that, we should be ever grateful. As the youngest child, at least for now, on the kids' table, I feel it is my sacred duty to proclaim my unwavering support for a kids' table, ever-inclusive of our glowing, growing clan. Let us protect this new child child and teach him or her the finer points of evading long conversations... With blank. What is what, what does blank mean? Name removed for family unity, harmony. Oh, but you can tell me. No, sir, we cannot. <laughs> and child, guess. and child, child refers to the baby. To to your baby, Jenna. Yes. Is that your baby's name, child, child? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, his name okay. is Marcelo. And this was written not by you, but by Danny, who is your brother. This is my cousin. Cousin. He He's kinda... the youngest member of the kids' table. Yeah, he lays it on a bit thick, doesn't he? <laughs> well, our whole email exchange was like that. That's one of the one of the things that we do at the kids' table is um, kind of mock gravity, high you, register when it's not called you, for. It's you send your, send no, send each other a bunch of cutesy emails. Cutesy, no. no. Well, well, I would this say pretty. I would to... say pretty cutesy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can. I, well, this is I can be the. I can Chris's be the initial uh, call to Believe arms. me, believe me. You know, I get a lot of. I get a lot of emails from people who choose to write to me in extremely verbose and flowery language. I know what it. I know what cutesy is. 
All right, all right, we're cutesy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. But we have fun being cutesy. All mm-hmm. right. But you know, look, the whole thing is you guys are having a good time, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, but let, just this this letter does suggest two things. One, you guys love talking about farts. <laughs> it seems to be a defining element. Like, do the olds even understand how much fart talk goes on? Maybe they wouldn't so. want to be over there. Maybe you could benefit from Probably the not. from the experience of their old farts. <laughs> their, oh the, yeah, maybe not. I think you'd have to their old fart you. stories. No, look, you, you know what? This is what this is what's the problem with kids today. Kids think they're the first ones who ever farted. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, your Aunt Nancy, she's farted. She's probably got a story. You're missing out. We have something to learn from the older generation. <laughs> and then you talk about yeah. this is the, the you talk about the the you know, he talks very disparagingly about the old table, the table of cleared throats and awkward pauses. What is he talking about? Yes. Mortgage well, rates and politics. That's what they talk about sometimes. So do you, would you say that there is a preponderance of opinion that the olds are boring and not, and not farty in... enough for you? Yes. All right. Do you, have a, do you have a fart joke that you want to tell at this time? Well, no, I was thinking about it. We don't exactly tell knock-knock jokes. They're more situational. You know, well, a sound me... might sound kind of like a fart or uh, elicit a Simpsons reference, stuff like that. Sure. That new that new show that all the kids are watching. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think I think I have. So, Chris, Chris, what would you yes. want me to order if I find in your favor? Uh, I would just I would just like uh, anyone who is I would like you to define children. No children at a kids table. When we have dinner, everyone sits together. We bring our fart jokes and everything into the politics table, and we merge them. Mm-hmm. And has this been put to a vote, Jenna? Uh, yes, everybody is in agreement with me, except for my sister, who's not taking any sides because she's... When she know, says everyone, sorry. Mm. When she says everyone, she just means the kids' table. Oh, yes, of course. Because, right. you know, they're the relevant ones in this case. Yeah, sure, I know. They're, they're the only ones that matter. The kids are the only ones that matter <laughs> in today's society. I get it. I get it. Where would no, I sit? <laughs> Where would I sit? I'm 41 years old. I have no problem with well, calling myself a grown-up. I have a mustache. I'm a weird dad. I mean, my, where would you my put where would 39. you put me in your perfect society? You're actually closer to kids' table age, but age isn't yeah. really the issue. So you know, Your Honor, if uh, I you, know. you, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't know that I'd want to sit at a kids' table that would have me as a member. I've heard everything I need to hear before making my decision. I'm going to go uh, to my exclusive <clears throat> judges' table and have a ham salad sandwich while I think this over. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Jenna, why are you openly contemptuous of your older relatives? But I'm not. I'm not openly contemptuous. It's just that... um, Just you don't want to spend time with them because you might learn something. But the thing is that we do spend time You might gain some wisdom. Um, we all spend a lot of time together outside of family gatherings as well. So it'd probably be different if we all lived out of town and this was our one chance to catch up, but that's really only the case for kids table members. Um, so I have lots of opportunities just in my daily life to glean information from them. You have a child of your own now. When do you stop being a child? Uh, 
Well, in the context of the kids' table, I don't until I die because kids just means a member of our generation. So it's it's not about age. It's not about whether you have kids. It's not about whether you're married or not. When you say a member of your generation, you mean a member of the generation that was featured in the Harmony Corinne film Kids? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, within my family. I mean, myself, my sister, my two cousins, and any of their partners or people that they decide to bring in. I wonder if they're going to kick me out. Chris, how do you feel about your chances in this case? I'm feeling pretty good about it, actually. I think... Um... I think the judge hears the the queen bee attitude as as he said. Do you know how to do you know how to drive, Chris? <laughs> yes, I do. Are you capable of impregnating a woman if you so choose? Yes, I am. Do you have your own place to live, like possibly with a romantic partner? Um, sure. Yeah, I can arrange that. Outside of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> you uh what are you, some kind of grown up? Oh <laughs> uh, no, Jenna! How do you feel about your chances in the case? I'm feeling pretty good. I think it's unlikely that there will be an order to dissolve the kids' table. <laughs> Maybe in order to try to make more of an effort to integrate, but honestly, I think we already do, so that's not a problem. Um, I mean, I'm hoping there won't be mandated name cards at every family gathering from now on. That would be. I'm not, I'm not calling for that. Well, yeah, that's good. Yeah. You don't seem that concerned about the consequences of your actions and rhetoric, Jenna. I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, it'll it'll be anarchy. If he rules that we have to break up, the next family gathering will be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Judge John Hodgman's decision. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura, A-U-R-A. Hey, it's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad. And I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code HODGMAN. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code HODGMAN. Terms and conditions apply. 
The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Welcome back to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. So, guys, first of all, Chris, you're absolutely right to bring this case to me uh, because you have zero authority in this situation. You are not a member of the kids' table, no matter what they tell you. You are a member by marriage. You are like you. You are like a remote sort of a a, a remote arranged marriage, like a, a a prince from another country who has now shown up. <laughs> you're, you're like, you know what, you, you know, what, you're, you're Prince, you're Prince Albert. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You're not the King of England. You're the consort to the queen. You shut up and you, and you put up a Christmas tree and that's it. Stay out of the way. <laughs> I have as much right to, to uh, denounce kids table and, and, and dissolve it as you do. Indeed, I have more right because I'm an internet judge and that is ultimately what comes <laughs> is the crux of this case. And it's a difficult one because I'm asked to balance two, two principles that are dear to me. I'm asked to balance family tradition, actually more than two principles, family tradition, which I think are, are good things, freedom of movement and association, which I think are great things, <laughs> that, fr that frankly is the great privilege of adulthood. Once you turn 40, well, once you turn 30, you're allowed to start deciding who you hang around with, for sure. Once you turn 40, you actually do start deciding who you hang around with because no one, you don't, you're, not even your friends matter to you anymore. That's the <clears throat> privilege of adulthood is you get to sit where you want. Everyone who has ever sat at a kid's table in their lives are trying to get out of that kid's table. You're the only ones who want to stay in it. I don't understand, but I do balance <laughs> family tradition, freedom of movement and association, but against the loathsome practice of adults referring to themselves as kids. I can't stand that. Grown, being a grown-up is a great <laughs> privilege. And it is also your fate. And accepting it with grace is the hallmark she of... She's rolling her eyes here. Uh, excuse me, I'm speaking. Sorry. And, and don't worry, I heard her rolling her eyes. <laughs> doesn't matter to me. You know what? Because teenagers roll their eyes. 
<laughs> That's why I did Adults it. express themselves and they talk about mortgages and farts. And it is a great privilege to be an adult. And it is also a sad fate that we all have to adjust to eventually. And pretending that it's not happening is one of, you know, whether or not you're sitting at a, at a, at a separate table and referring to yourself as a kid and writing a cutesy email or, you know, wearing clothes from the surf shop when you're 41 years old. Guilty. Guilty. I'm guilty of that. I'm sorry. It's gross <laughs> pretending that you're a kid when you're an adult. It's gross. And I will say something else. This is patently ageist. And I think, and I take it seriously. I mean, I think that it's something that you know, in any other context, if you had your own special friends and you always sat at the same table at the cafeteria and other people wanted to come and sit with you, you'd be like, I'm sorry, you're not part of our club. We have a cutesy email chain, whatever. It's gross. It's gross. It's ageist. It's exclusive. And it's contemptible. But. But we don't do that. That's what you, that's what you affirm in court. I don't know what's going on. Outside, you've provided no evidence that you are, are are routinely socializing with the elders of your clan. You let them hold your baby, and that's about it. That's what I'm getting <laughs> out of this. You've provided me no evidence to the contrary. But I will say, what this comes down to is saying you don't get to sit with us because you're old. All right, and I I think that's a little. I think it's a little. I think I'm I think I'm being pretty plain that I think it's a little gross because I think you know you know the olds in your family they're your family. You can learn from them. You can sit next to them. Maybe you'll learn something about a mortgage rate. Do you guys own your own homes? No. No. Grow up. <laughs> mortgage rates have never been lower. Either. I happen to know because I sit next to adults sometimes. I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's true. Okay. That said, I, I can't, I, I can't go against what is obviously a cutesy family tradition that even sad aunt Nancy clearly loves and takes a kind of perverse pleasure in trying to infiltrate <laughs> this mean gang. <laughs> <laughs> and ultimately it's, you know, I, I do trust that you are not being a total monster and I'm not being and adult. more to the point, even if I ordered you guys to dissolve this, you wouldn't, because that's what that's what teenage bully gangs do. They defy authority, <laughs> even even of their elders. And you would probably just crucify me in the middle of a cornfield and wait for a monster to eat me. <laughs> so admitting that I am powerless, which is another uh, another privilege of adulthood. And then I can't control you kids. I'm not even going to humiliate myself by ordering you to break up this gang. And instead I will turn on, and I, and, and, but I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. And I will instead turn oh, yes. to Chris and say, Chris, you did the right thing by bringing this case to me, but you also did the wrong thing by ever trying to exercise control over a family that you are barely accepted into, I think. No, no, I'm sure. I'm true. sure they, they say that you're a member of the kids table, but you know, over, over a long standing family tradition that you have only known about for a, at a maximum a decade. 
you are a thoughtful person to look after Aunt Nancy and uh, your mother-in-law, Beth. But coming in and trying to establish new rules and orders, that's not cool. Instead, I suggest, and indeed order, you to do the better and more effective thing, which is refuse to sit at this dumb table. <laughs> when, when you're, even when your wife says, come sit next to me at the kids' table, say, no, I'm going to go sit next to Aunt Nancy. I have, I John have, Hodgman told me not to. I have researched, I have researched some fart jokes and I'm going to bring happiness <laughs> and learn something from these olds. I'm going to, I'm going to engage in cross-generational conversation and you will lead by example. And eventually this whole thing, once, once you go, Chris, the whole thing is going to fall apart. I guarantee it. You're going to destroy <laughs> them from within by staying without And child, I'll let you know how it goes. And child, child will grow up looking at his (laughs) uncle and saying, "That's weird. That grown-up is not sitting at the kids' table. There must be a diff. There, (laughs) there must be a meaning to words. I think that dude's pretty cool. I'm glad he stopped trying to boss his wife and sister-in-law around all the time." So I do find in favor of Jenna, the kids table may stand, but Chris, I have laid out, well, you don't have to take such pleasure in it, Jenna. I have laid out, I have laid out a course of action that I think will, will uh, integrate the table and, uh, and uh, make you feel better about the situation and will lead to a, 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 a more pleasure, pleasurable intergenerational uh, meal in the future. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Chris, this is uh, a compromise decision, if you will. How do you feel about it? I feel pretty good. I'm a little skeptical at my powers to overcome the power, the politics and mortgage stuff, and also to you know persuade anyone at the kids' table. I do have some hope, as he said, with uh, young Marcello that he will look at me and get some sort of inspiration. Well, I'm sorry. I did did, did jump back in for a second, just to clarify here, Chris, I I was, I was suggesting rather facetiously that you're going to dissolve kids table by, by, uh, by, by, by breaching the borders and going to the other side. That may or may not happen. The point is that when you see injustice, you should take action that makes you feel is that you should take action that you think is just regardless of whether or not anyone follows you. Right. That's called bravery as opposed to start laying out all kinds of rules and regulations to make things OK for everyone. That's called it, Obamacare. It's, that, that is true. And that's exactly the way my family had raised me up. So thank you for the reminder. Sorry about that, Jesse. I had, to, I had to stick my head back in on that one. Just so I'm clear, though, there, there is a judgment that it is weird and a little messed up, right? I don't know that I, I expressed I expressed an opinion. I expressed a dissenting opinion to my own judgment. But the judgment is okay. the judgment is in favor. It's, you know the 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 principles of family of of family tradition and freedom of association trump cutesy emails and hatred of grandparents. Okay, <laughs> thank you, Jenna. How are you feeling about this decision? 
I feel good. I feel very uh, pleased that I'll be able to bring your response back to my cousins and my sister. Um, yeah, I'm... Notice how she didn't say she was going to bring it back to the adults. To the adults. <laughs> well, the, the kids' table is more concerned about this than the adults' table. But uh, yes, I, I feel good. Are you at all concerned that you're going to grow up into one of those weird Gilmore Girls type situations? I don't know what where... that is. You and you and your child are gabbing back and forth, and then you visit your parents, and they got a big, nice house, but your life's a mess. And, <laughs> and no, all, I'm not all you have, all you have, is your friend Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> I'm not concerned because this is just—it's all a game, you know. It's all about the context. Like I said, it's not like we want to be called kids by the outside world, and like we live our lives like children. Uh, so no, I'm not concerned. It's all a game. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Thank you guys very much for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, do I really have to sit over here? What? Oh, I'm sorry, Jesse. I forgot that you were over there. I'm over here at the judge's table eating my ham salad sandwich in utter silence by myself. Enjoy your children's food. I got you an apple squeezy and a Capri Sun. Hmm, part of me secretly wishes I were over there with you, enjoying yourself, instead of thinking about mortgage rates. You know what I'm thinking about, Jesse, is a ham salad sandwich. I have never had a ham salad sandwich. Obviously, the ham salad sandwich I am eating here is an imaginary ham salad sandwich. It's more of an idea than an actual ham salad sandwich. But I really want to have one now that I've said ham salad sandwich this many times. <laughs> I bought Can a we ham. clear the dockets? I bought a oh, ham sorry, on the ahead. internet. I bought a ham on the internet recently. I'll share it with you if you want. You bought a ham on the internet? Yeah, I went to a website where you could buy a ham and they send it to you. I have ham salad for dinner. I don't know what my family says. <laughs> Let's clear the docket. Here we go. This is from Alex. 
My coworker and I recently had a disagreement. What constitutes volunteer work? She'll regularly reference how often she volunteers in conversation. Her volunteer work is performed almost exclusively through our company. Though the company is very involved in the community, that's not our regular line of work. All of the volunteering is done during work hours, and she's compensated in full by our company for her time spent, quote, volunteering, unquote. I believe that she should not be allowed to call it volunteer work as she's being paid to do it. I think she should be more genuine and call it something like community service. Should she be allowed to mislead others with her good deeds? Well, first of all, good for you, Alex, for keeping this monster honest. (laughs) She has a lot of nerve out there serving soup at soup kitchens, calling herself a volunteer. But I think that there is something to what Alex says here, Jesse, because, you know, volunteer has a specific meaning. And the dictionary definition, obviously, is... uh, comes from from it means voluntary it means you you voluntarily give yourself over originally to military service it was originally a military term uh, and and in that sense there is a a sense of real self-sacrifice putting your putting yourself at a measure of risk whether that is a measure of being shot in the head with an arrow or not making money while you're doing a thing that is important anyway. And also it has a, a connotation of free will, that is to say, voluntary. You are doing it yourself. And arguably, uh, it's unclear. First of all, there is no real sacrifice in this case because she is being paid. And it's unclear how much, how much of this is truly voluntary. I mean, I'm sure she's a good person and takes pleasure in doing these things. But if the company is that into volunteer work that they are routinely paying people to do good works in the world... Uh, if she were at, what, what would happen to her at work if she just said, no thanks, I'm not interested. I'm going to sit here and, and sit at my desk and play solitaire and be a selfish monster like John Hodgman. <laughs> you know, she might actually be, she might actually be disparaged or punished at work for not volunteering, in which case she has, uh, her free will is compromised to some degree. Now, I don't know if that's true, but... And finally, I mean, there is something inherently braggy in the word volunteer because it does connote the voluntary sacrifice of time, money, and in olden times, health and safety to do something that is worth doing uh, on its own compared to community service, your proposed alternate term, which connotes that she stole a bunch of hot dogs off the rollers at a 7-Eleven and got caught and has to do some stuff to clear her name. So, I don't know if community service. She is has to the eat. Best. You know what she has to do to clear her name? Eat the hot dogs. She, she has to. She has to eat the hot dogs and then clean up her own vomit from the side of the road while wearing a, a yellow jumpsuit. Uh, so, I, I, I think, I think that, in the order, uh, in the interest of humility, I will agree with you, Alex and say, this is not volunteer work in the very strict sense of the word. But it is good works and may be described as, I suppose, community service unless something else comes. I, I can't stop her from using a particular word, but I, I hear what you're saying, Alex, and I think your friend's a little bit braggy. Here's something from Sean. My girlfriend Natasha and I plan to move in together in the next year. Our issue is this. Should we use a top sheet on the bed? 
I don't like the top sheet, as I tend to wrap my comforter around me when sleeping, and I find that a tucked-in top sheet feels like being sealed into an envelope. Jesse, I'm going to stop you there just to say I can already tell that this is one where my entire judgment is going to be expressed through a series of of groans and angry, surprised disgust. (laughs) Go on. I find that a tucked-in top sheet feels like being sealed into an envelope. Thus, what? I use a bottom sheet and a comforter only. Oh. Natasha objects to this on two fronts. One, yeah, that I don't... I, I imagine she does. One, that I don't wash my comforter often enough. You don't. And two, that I use cheap sheets and haven't experienced oh. the comfort of high thread counts. However, I do wash my comforter on a regular basis, and I don't think thread count makes a difference. Incorrect on both. Incorrect in both cases. Does I'm he sure not, you do not wash your comforter on a regular he basis. He doesn't even seem to have a cover on his comforter. I don't know. I don't know. He's sleeping I directly against the comforter without a cover, then washing the entire comforter. The only thing that could make this more disgusting is if he sleeps in the nude, and I'm going to stipulate that he does, just to make this even worse. Go on. I would like to request an order be made that she adapt to a top-sheet-free bed when we move in together. I'll gladly wash the comforter on a weekly basis, and I'll promise not to remove the top-sheet when we're staying at a hotel. (laughs) You're going to be staying at a hotel real quick, fella. It's going to be a bachelor's hotel. I, I like I like that the implication is that he has been doing that previously, which which turns his bizarre predilection for sleeping without a top sheet beyond just a preference and into a kind of mania. <laughs> uh, I, I I venture to say, Sean, I always appreciate individualism. You are definitely outside the realm of typical behavior among sleepers. Nor do I have any confidence whatsoever that you wash your comforter or comforter cover frequently enough uh, to offset the simple, hygienic, and frankly comfortable protection of the top sheet. It is, I think, fine for you to sleep in whatever weird configuration that you want. Though I will remind you that the comforter is not bedding, right? That is the barrier between the world and your bedding. And it also provides you with some warmth and, I dare say, comfort. But those sheets are there to protect the, the, the things that you have, such as the mattress and the comforter, that don't get washed frequently from your weird oils and hairs and things. It's okay if you're on your own, but I don't think that it is fair to force this lifestyle upon Natasha. And I think you've got to learn to be a normal human. That's my ruling. This this ruling was made purely out of disgust. I understand he has personal preference, and personal preference has a major role in sleeping because if you it's, it might be hard to adapt to a new kind of sleeping pattern but I just find this to be too gross to tolerate 
so I rule. Maybe they should get two little beds, Dick Van Dyke show style. Can you think of an argument as to why he should use a top sheet that is beyond get normal and be less gross, that is beyond just my disgusted reaction to what he's proposing? Well, there are people in places where a top sheet is not the tradition. I know that I was surprised to discover upon checking into a hotel in Milan that there was no top sheet on the bed. Really? But frankly, I was willing to accept I forgot that. that. I forgot that Sean is an Italian name, so maybe that's what's... <laughs> I, I was willing to accept that fact simply because in a hotel, the linens are changed and essentially uh, boiled for four hours every day. Right. And, and so I felt that there, there weren't necessarily the same kind of hygiene and, frankly, comforter maintenance issues uh, that one would find uh, in a home situation where the sheets are, sheets are getting changed once a week or so. Right. But also, this 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 goofball denies that thread count makes a difference. Now, to the pedants in our audience, thread count numbers can be nip- manipulated, and they do not tell the whole story. However, there is a big, big difference between high-quality sheets and low-quality sheets, and thread count is one reasonable way to uh, uh, to determine that. A- alongside, of course, you know, the sense of touch. And given that given that this guy says he doesn't care about thread counts, which is patently ridiculous. I mean, if you had ever in- encountered a nice sheet, you would actually care about it. But that that he says that he doesn't would suggest that he has not really encountered a lot of nice sheets. And so I don't think he's running his bedroom like uh, like a bedroom in Milan, like a hotel bedroom in Milan. I just have a picture of, you know, uh, 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 a double bed with a fitted sheet and like a, a bare low-rent company store comforter without even a cover on it and a mattress full of sand. But maybe I'm wrong. I'm imagining a guy in a top hat where the top of it is kind of sproinging off like the top of a can of beans. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, he's sleeping in a big burlap burlap sack inside a boxcar. Yeah, that that is the traditional... It is traditional for hobos to not use top sheets. That's true. I didn't realize that Sean was an Italian hobo. I apologize. The thing is, you drink enough strawberry wine, you can get to sleep no matter what the thread count is. But there's, there's also the, the lulling sound and, and gentle cradling of a moving train. Yeah. It's a hobo's life for us. Our thanks this week to L. Anthony Sanner for suggesting our episode title. If you want to suggest episode titles for future Judge John Hodgman cases, follow us on Twitter at MaxFunHQ, at Hodgman, and at Jesse Thorne, J-E-S-S-E-T-H-O-R-N, or like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook. Just search for Judge John Hodgman. And of course, if you have a dispute that you would like heard in the court of Judge John Hodgman, simply write to me, Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. I read all the emails and evaluate them personally. Or you can fill out a simple form at MaximumFun.org slash JJ Ho. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.
The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at AreasOfMyExpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.